CastleRockRadio.com. Locally focused, nationally relevant, and globally heard. Welcome to Food Integrity Now, news and talk radio advocating integrity in our global food source. I'm Matt Spath, and in the studio with me today is Susan Wright. Hi, Matt. Welcome, Susan. And on the phones, we have Carol Gravey. Hi, you- Matt. Hi, Susan. Hey, Carol, Hi, Carol. Thanks for joining us. So uh, anyone following the news lately on GMOs has no doubt heard about the recent deregulation of GMO alfalfa that is has been a continuous battle between the uh, organic and conventional farmers in that realm and um, definitely something that the biotech companies have been trying to push forward and uh, there's a lot of concern around that because GMO alfalfa and the way it's pollinated has a great risk for contamination probably the the greatest risk for contamination of any of the GMO crops out there. And it has a lot of organic farmers concerned, especially the dairy farmers who rely on organic alfalfa to feed their dairy cows. And many are saying that we may not even be able to have organic milk anymore as a result of this deregulation. And uh, so there's a lot of news out there on both sides of the issue. Um, Specifically, the uh, the biotech companies are really pushing for it, and um, but to try to decipher this and and give a little insight into what well, what we may see in the future, we have Rick Thomas as our guest today. He is a he has a PhD in holistic nutrition, and he actively counsels and lectures across the country on nutrition and nutritional healing. He his company is called Holistic Nutrition for You and he's going to be he's joining us today to discuss the contamination we can expect as well as the negative effects of GMOs on the immune system. Rick, welcome to the show. Yeah, good afternoon, Matt. I'm uh, very happy to uh, uh be on the program today. Great, we're happy to have you here. So uh start us off, Rick. Let us let us know how did you get how did you get involved in this? I know you're active. Well, I've uh, yeah, I've had a uh, an ongoing interest in uh, tox- toxins in uh, both dietary toxins and environmental toxins for quite some time, and obviously the uh, issue with uh, GMOs uh, uh, has really. Uh, uh, been gaining steam across the country uh, as new research comes out, and um, it's it's very problematic. Um, there's a lot of research that uh, uh, I like I alluded to is uh, very recent uh, with some uh, a lot of very disturbing uh, statistics and uh, and findings in some of this research. And you know I might uh, I might add uh, just uh, in your in- introduction about. Uh, uh, the issue with uh, the GMO uh, uh, alfalfa. It uh, one of the things that uh, is very disturbing at this point 
is that uh, we've got some uh, some really fantastic advocates across the country. Uh, one of uh, one of the organizations is called the uh, Organic Consumers Association, and they're about eight hundred fifty thousand people strong, uh, with about three thousand cooperating. Uh, retail co-ops and natural food stores and farmers markets. And one of their um, platforms um, that they identified some time ago was to uh, oversee the conversion of American agriculture to at least uh, 30% uh, organic by the year 2015. Um, And this becomes really problematic with the... uh, with the ruling by the uh, uh, USDA and, and actually the Supreme Court uh, recently, in that the uh, and you had uh, touched on a little bit the uh, uh, this uh, lofty goal by the uh, OCA, which is uh, um, which is a great uh, platform and goal to have uh, for consumers in this country. Uh, it's it's really uh, Basically, putting the uh, roadblocks up with uh, with rulings by the USDA and the FDA because of the cross pollination and uh, and other uh, ways that uh, that these crops become uh, contaminated. So I understand. Let's talk a little bit about that that contamination because I I think that there was the USDA study determined that originally determined that the deregulation that it should it should be regulated because the possible contamination would have great ramifications on the on the organic farmers and that based on that study that they should not deregulate it um did That's they correct. did they just go against what their advisors had advocated well that ruling came down in uh, 2007 which uh um, which uh, prevented, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the GE uh, alfalfa seed uh, companies from uh, uh, getting that out on the commercial market. Um, like I said, that was back in 2007, and then recently, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court basically said that uh, uh, the uh, U.S. District Court have had overreached its boundaries. Uh, in this ruling, and uh, basically opened up uh, the uh, distribution of uh, of the uh, commercialized uh, GE uh, alfalfa seed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of interesting to note that uh, there is a uh, uh, organic seed company by the name of uh, Cal West uh, uh, that provides the uh, uh, GE or the uh, GE free. Uh, alfalfa seed out in the area of uh, California and uh, uh, actually some of the uh, states that are very uh, high producing alfalfa uh, states are like um, California and Washington and Oregon and uh, Idaho. Uh, But they found that between just in the time that the uh, U.S. District Court had ruled the, back in 2007 that the uh, seeds were not to be uh, distributed and uh, and uh, grown out on the uh, uh, fields. Um, Cal West had done some studies and they found that uh, even with that ruling, 12 percent uh, it was approximately 12 percent of their their uh, seed 
had been contaminated uh, by the uh, GE uh, seeds and crops. Wow. So that was pretty compelling. Yeah, so did that mean that people were planting GE crops illegally? No, between uh, 2005 and 2007, um, uh, it was it was allowed until the uh, oh, okay. court ruling, the U.S. District Court ruling in 2007. Um, but the fact was that uh, that even in that small period of time, uh, the contamination uh, uh, yeah, was found to be at least like 12 percent of the. Uh, of the organic seed uh, crops. Wow, that's that's a large percentage for such a short amount of time. Exactly. So what what do, what do you expect to see? Let's let's say that they that the ruling stays as it is. What 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 do you expect to see in the future? Well, if the uh, ruling stays the way it is. Um, uh, I'll back up and say, fortunately, we have some uh, some really strong uh, advocates across the country, like I uh, had uh, mentioned earlier about uh, you know the Organic Consumer Association. But there's a couple other organizations. One is uh, called the Center for Food Safety, uh, and the director is uh, Andrew Kimbrell. Um, it's about 175,000 members strong, uh, but they're uh, uh, in my opinion, they're a very uh, influential and, and strong organization, and they have filed lawsuits in the uh, in the past regarding uh, uh, stopping the uh, the uh, uh, well the uh, utilization of the uh, GE seeds. Um, another organization that I'm sure many people are aware of is the Institute for Responsible Technology. Uh, and that's headed up by Jeffrey Smith, who is uh, uh, well known across the country for uh, his uh, his activity in in uh, uh, putting a stop to uh, uh, this GE uh, contamination across the country. And he is the uh, he has put out a, a few books: uh, Seeds of Deception, which is a really compelling book, uh, Genetic Roulette, and uh, GMO Trilogy. Uh, all very very uh, uh, interesting books, and and I uh, I really suggest to people that are interested on the subject uh, read these books because it uh, it um, explains a lot in the uh, in the whole field. We're a big fan of Jeffrey Smith. We had him on the show a few months ago, and it was phenomenal. The information he shared he's he's just such a wealth of information on the topic. Yes. I, I recently read a, an article about uh, how Whole Foods had stopped uh, opposing genetically modified foods just recently. Did you do you have any comment on that? Uh, yes, I do. Um, actually, what uh, what happened was uh, uh, there had been a lot of communication about this uh, upcoming ruling by the USDA. And uh, there were th three uh, very powerful companies in the uh, organic market, uh, Whole Foods Market, um, uh, Stonyfield, and uh, let's see, uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember organic the third one. It's Organic Valley, Valley yeah. I believe. And um, basically what transpired was as the communication was taking place about uh, uh, the USDA, 
USDA pushing for uh, the commercialization of the alfalfa seed uh, and production of GE alfalfa, um, they had decided, these companies, that uh, instead of uh, letting the ruling come out uh, in the favor of the uh, biotech companies and transnational companies like Monsanto, uh, which would have uh, uh, accounted for no regulation whatsoever, uh, they ex- accepted uh, some type of, of agreement that they would uh, uh, endorse or allow um, a, uh, a coexistence situation with the uh, GE alfalfa. And of course, that uh, Rick, we're that, gonna have to uh, get right back to that. We have to sure take a quick break, and um, we'll come back to have you explain that situation between the organic food companies and the alfalfa ruling because I know that's on a lot of people's mind right now. So you're yes, li- you're listening to Food Integrity now. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. I'm Carol Gervais, and I'm a certified life coach and one of the hosts of the Food Integrity Now show right here on Castle Rock Radio. Have you ever dreamed of swimming with the wild and free dolphins? I'm not talking about the ones in captivity like the ones at Dolphin Quest. I'm talking about swimming with them in the wild. If this is something you've only dreamt about doing, I invite you to mark this off your bucket list now and join me for an all-inclusive trip to swim with the wild dolphins. Your trip to paradise will include organic gourmet meals, ocean waterfront accommodations, Lomi Lomi massage, and much more. What are you waiting for? Now is the time to make your dream a reality. For more information, go to wilddolphinswimadventures.com or contact me at carol at coachwithcarol.com or 719-687-7447. Once again, that's 719 719- Six eight seven seven four four seven. Mahalo. experiencing anxiety, anger, depression, or low self-esteem? Do you beat yourself up or sabotage what you truly want to achieve? Hi, this is Jeannie Smith, and at Open Heart Healing, I combine counseling, gestalt therapy, and Taiyi energy work to assist those who truly desire to bring quality and joy back into their lives. My office is located on South Perry Street here in Castle Rock. Call me for a free consultation at 303-660-6373. Again, Again, that's 303-660-6373 or visit me at openhearthealing.com. And we're back at Food Integrity Now. Today's topic is GMO alfalfa and to help us Today is our special guest, Rick Thomas of Holistic Nutrition for You. Before the break, Rick was describing the agreement between some of the large organic or some of the large organic food companies and the uh, and the and the the biotech companies with the GMO. 
alfalfa ruling. Rick, would you continue explaining what you were explaining? Sure. Uh, the the agreement was basically to simplify it uh, was that uh, these large uh, organic uh, companies uh, like Whole Foods uh, Market and uh, Stonyfield and or- Organic Valley, um, uh, who control a, a, a large percentage of the organic uh, food industry, um, the commercial food industry. Uh, that rather than just have the USDA DA, uh, rule on the commercial uh, alfalfa, GE alfalfa, uh, being unregulated completely, they agreed to a, a cooperative um, agreement uh, allowing the uh, coexistence of uh, GE alfalfa. And basically what that meant was that the USDA gave some type of... Uh, of uh, promise or agreement that they would uh, uh, that they would regulate the uh, GE seeds, and you know there's some some major inherent problems with that uh, because uh, everybody that's involved in in research of uh, genetically modified organisms and uh, and GE food uh, knows that uh, there's really no realistic distance that uh, completely isolates uh, two cross-pollinating crops 100% of the time. And uh, the organic food integrity uh, is really based on the, uh, the concept of seed integrity. And if you have no seed integrity, then you compromise the uh, organic food integrity. Um, so it, it's very problematic. Um, you know, the fact is that uh, that there is a concept called gene flow, and uh, that amounts to incor- incorporating genes into the gene pool of one population uh, from one or more other populations. And research studies have shown that uh, that uh, this occurs um, every day in the farming and agriculture culture uh, industry, uh, there are studies that have uh, shown that, uh, that cross-pollinating takes place, can take place up to 12, 13 miles. And, uh, you know, the USDA is talking about, uh, about trying to uh, uh, have some regulation on, uh, on those GE seeds and crops, and it's just, uh, uh, it's inherently impossible uh, given the uh, research studies that, uh, that have uh, really produced a lot of, uh, of good statistics on, on this subject. And I'm sure, um, in addition to, you know, the, the lack of integrity with, with growing organic crops, that farmers are also worried about the possibility that now, you know, especially those that grow organic alfalfa that they're going to be sued by Monsanto because it's going to get contaminated and Monsanto has a habit of uh, bringing lawsuits against uh, farmers who have any contamination in their fields. Yes, uh, that's a real, real good point. And uh, uh, if if any of the uh, listeners uh, ever uh, view the uh, movie that was put out uh, called Food Inc. or, or any of the books that I uh, had spoken about earlier, um, put out by Jeffrey Smith and Institute of Responsible Technology, are, are all aware that uh, that is correct. That uh, uh, Monsanto has a history of going after, in the form of lawsuits, um, 
organic farmers who uh, innocently had their uh, their crops contaminated through uh, insect pollination or wind or water or, or whatever the case may be. And but I will add that one of the uh, one of the good things that came out of the ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, uh, which was one of the few good things that came out of it was that they they acknowledged and they agreed that the concept of uh, of, uh, of the contamination and the uh, and the uh, gene flow uh, is a, is real and uh, they left it open uh, basically telling the conventional and organic farmers that don't uh, get involved in uh, GE production of our crops, uh, basically that they're open open to uh, uh, civil suits against the uh, biotech companies like Monsanto uh, to recover costs in, in lost uh, uh, production and exports. And just to give you an example, there was a farmer that had about 9,000 acres uh, of... Uh, of a crop that was not contaminated, uh, at, which he thought was not contaminated, uh, and he was supposed to. He got a contract uh, with a foreign country to export his uh, his crop, and uh, the first uh, uh, export that uh, that had occurred was tested, and it was found that uh, that it was uh, contaminated. So this foreign country said uh, basically, no, we can't accept that. Uh, because of the contamination, and so this farmer um, is is basically out uh, a good portion of his uh, livelihood. Um, there are estimates that uh, approximately four hundred and eighty million dollars uh, a year can be lost in um, export revenue and other revenues uh, with uh, organic and conventional crops that are contaminated contaminated by uh, GE seeds and crops. Rick, uh, this is Carol. I'm one of the hosts. I'm uh, calling in over the phone. And Hi, I have Carol. a question. We had, last week on our show, we had a gentleman, Larry Jacobs, who owns an organic, a couple of organic farms in California. And he sued um, because he had some cross-contamination from a non-organic farm from pesticides. And he won yes. a, uh, an appellate court case. So I'm wondering if, you know, these small wins, if it makes it more um, hopeful for organic farmers to have some sort of recourse. What's your take on that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and getting back to that decision by the uh, Supreme Court, uh, I believe that it really opened the doors for the organic industry, even though Monsanto uh, was basically they put out a press le- press release and uh, uh, put a different spin on it. Basically, that it opened the doors for them to put out this fine product, this uh, GE seed, and uh, and so you know they can market their product any way they wish. But the reality is that uh, that these rulings, every ruling like that, really helps. Uh, the organic and conventional farmers that uh, want nothing to do with uh, with the GE seeds and contamination, and um, you know there are rulings across the country, and there was one in Canada that was pretty significant that uh, 
rule, there was a ruling some time ago about um, Monsanto had sued this uh, farmer uh, who was not involved in the GE uh, crops, and uh, they had tested his crops, found it to uh, be contaminated, and said, you know, you owe us the financial uh, monies that uh, come with the uh, with your crop. And this went all the way to the Supreme Court, and uh, basically the Supreme Court uh, ruled that uh, this farmer did not gain anything uh, from the production of uh, of those crops uh, involving the GE seeds, and and so that was uh, that was another victory. And I think that every victory that comes uh, uh, comes in in uh, the near future and uh, in future years is going to be big for the organic. Uh, um, you know, consumers and and farmers and and uh, just the whole uh, organic farming industry. So every little bit helps, as far as I'm concerned. And I think actually that that was what I'd read about the whole whole foods issue is that they were pushing in exchange for uh, for some compensation for farmers who were found to have issues. Exactly, and, and that was uh, one of the uh, issues in the communications. Uh, with the USDA, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is that there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, lot of uh, issues with the uh, – uh, I might back up and say that, uh, you know, originally in 1996 when, you know, the first soybean uh, crop hit, uh, hit uh, our lands, um, there was a couple-year period where the use of uh, – glyphosate and uh, and uh, these uh, herbicides these strong herbicides actually declined for just a couple of years and uh, it, it's pretty compelling information that since that time in 13 years since the first GE crop hit uh, hit our land um, there has been uh, I believe 382 or 383 million additional pounds of glyphosate and uh, herbicides that have been used on crops that normally would not have been used. And the interesting point about this also is that uh, not only uh, this 13-year period, it, it uh, averaged about 30 million additional pounds of uh, of glyphosate, uh, which is uh, the, uh, the trade name is, uh, is Roundup that everybody is familiar with. Uh, but uh, uh, in the last two years, in 2000 and 2000, or 2007 and 2008, um, that accounted for 46% of that uh, 382 million uh, pounds of uh, herbicides. Um, so basically what has happened is you can see, if you were to graph this, you could see that the use of Roundup um, has increased uh, significantly year after year after year after those first couple of years. And see, that's one of Monsanto's and these biotech um, selling uh, points is that they use this seed because they have to use less herbicide. Right, and now they have to use more, actually. They have to use more, exactly. We have to take a break right now. We'll be right back with Rick Thomas on Food Integrity Now.
you are looking for some flavorful, healthy, fresh food, come out to Maximilian's Cafe in Woodland Park, Colorado, focusing on local, fresh ingredients with a changing seasonal menu. Located at 209 East Midland Avenue, Woodland Park, Colorado, right off Highway 24 in downtown. Our walls are full of local artist artwork, and on Friday and Saturday nights, we feature local singers, songwriters, and performers to entertain you while you relax and enjoy a fun environment, a glass of wine, and fantastic food. Open seven days a week from 11 to 9 p.m., 11 to 8 p.m. on Sunday and Monday. Are you seeking understanding and assistance in healing your depression and anger or lack of passion? Hi, my name is Tammy Urbanic at Empowerment Through Healing. And I'm a medium clairvoyant who can work with your spirit guides to assist you. Your spirit guides can offer solutions and understanding at current life issues that you're facing. Visit www.empowermentthroughhealing.com for more information. And you can call me at 719-641-2017. Holistic Pathways is your local herbal medicine clinic. You can find them online at holisticpathways.com. Holistic Pathways supplies certified organic and ethically wildcrafted bulk medicinal herbs, herbal extracts, and essential oils. Holistic Pathways offers Mayan abdominal massage and specializes in women's health and fertility. Call 720-570-2454 to speak to a certified clinical herbalist today. That's Holistic Pathways at 720-570-2454. Welcome back to Food Integrity Now. We're talking with Rick Thomas about GMO alfalfa. Rick, there's uh, some news articles that came out. Uh, I think it was Michael Pollan wrote wrote a piece talking about how GMO alfalfa is solving a need that does not exist. And he touched on the fact that I think it was only 11% of the GM of the of the uh, current alfalfa crop is having pesticides used on it and that um, there really is no, no need, no need to use pesticides on, on alfalfa as an alfalfa farmer. Can you, can you touch on that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's a good uh, point by Mr. Pollan. And uh, um, I have uh, done a lot of research in, in last several months and uh the figures that I continue to uh, come in with is anywhere from seven to ten percent of the uh, current alfalfa acreage is uh, is never sprayed, or I mean, is is sprayed uh, with an herbicide. So you're talking about uh, ninety to ninety three percent of the alfalfa crops are are not sprayed. Um, so that uh, right there would lead any person to take a step back and and look at this situation and say, well, what's the advantage of using a a GEC that uh, these biotech companies uh, claim is going to reduce the use of uh, or the need for uh, herbicides and and, uh, pesticides, et cetera, when only 7 to 10% of the current acreage is is, uh, sprayed? Um, And... uh, uh, so, th- so that's a question that needs to be posed to um, not only Monsanto and the biotech companies, but uh, the legislatures and uh, 
and uh, people in power, you know, they have to look at uh, at all these facts and they have to look at the big picture. You know, the uh, the uh, uh, there's about 22 million acres of alfalfa uh, being grown in this country, and less than one percent is organic. Of course, there's the other component of just conventional uh, farming that doesn't use uh, GE uh, seed, and still only seven to ten percent of that uh, of those crops are sprayed. So uh, I agree um, both with you and uh, Mr. Pollen that uh, uh, the question begs to be asked: Why? Why do we need the GE seeds if this is uh, such an issue? Yeah, it certainly seems that the uh... When when you look at Clarence Thomas's affiliations with Monsanto, being a former Mon, a former Monsanto attorney, and all of the other GMO all stars in the in the Obama administration, kind of have to wonder whether uh, there was some talks going on behind closed doors that would benefit the the coffers of Monsanto. Oh yeah. Well, that goes without question. Um, you know, there there are statistics that uh, that point to um, approximately uh, there's an excess of a thousand uh, lobbyists for these uh, biotech companies and transnational companies uh, over in Washington, which uh, which uh, uh, equates to about two lobbyists per uh, per legislator. Uh, that are lobbying on on behalf of these biotech companies, and um, you know the issue of the revolving door is is real. Um, it's not some fantasy. You know, you talk about uh, you know Supreme Court Justice uh, uh, Thomas. He did not recuse himself uh, from the recent rulings on uh, on the alfalfa issue and other uh, GE. Uh, Rulings that have come down in uh, in recent years, uh, and then you've got the the uh, you know situation with uh, um, the USDA Secretary Vilsack. Um, you know he uh, uh, there's no secret that uh, that he has uh, had a lot of good communications with uh, with the Monsanto people, and uh, uh, Monsanto was even. Uh, um, you know, part of uh, the whole process of uh, some of his campaigns, and then you've got somebody like uh, Michael Taylor, who was the uh, he was the deputy commissioner for foods at the FDA, or he is currently the uh, deputy commissioner for foods at the FDA. But uh, years ago, um, he was uh, he oversaw a group of attorneys uh, that uh, one of their clients. One of their clients was uh, Monsanto, and he was subsequently appointed to a position uh, at the FDA. Uh, I think it was back in 1992. He was the uh, deputy commissioner for policy, and um, he was involved in the process with uh, Vice President Quayle uh, when Quayle wanted to speed up the uh, production of GM products uh, without being hampered by unnecessary regulation. Uh, it, it was uh, well known that Michael Taylor played a key role in the deregulation of GM crops. And after he left FD, the FDA, he returned to uh, King and Spalding and later headed, headed the uh, Washington, D.C. office of uh, Monsanto Company. 
So, you know, the the facts are out there. You know, the uh, facts don't lie. And uh, we've got a uh, very, very uh, serious problem with the revolving door on these uh, regarding these biotech companies and appointed positions over at the USDA and FDA. I mean, any anyone with common sense would be able to figure out that if you have been working with a biotech company like Monsanto and then you're appointed to a political position that uh, – that has uh, significant power and rulings about our food industry, do you think that that person is not going to rule in favor of, uh, of a biotech company, especially when they're going to go back to work for, you know, these, uh, these large corporations? And that's exactly what's happen, happening. And uh, the list goes on. I mean, I could bore, you know, the uh, listeners with, uh, with uh, detail after detail of all kinds of people who have worked for biotech companies, and then they were appointed positions at the USDA or FDA or EPA, for that matter, and uh, it uh, it makes you shake your head. Um, yeah, I've heard it. I don't know who said it, but I've heard it referred to as the fox guarding the hen house, and I think that's yeah. a, a very simple and apt way of, of looking at it. Uh, yes. So if, if this goes forward, um, you know, we have contamination of of alfalfa and that is used to feed dairy cows and what else what else um, well it's a main staple of uh of a protein source for dairy cattle Mm -hmm. and um so you know anyone you know people uh, that aren't looking at the big picture uh believe that well this is only gonna maybe affect people who eat beef and dairy ice cream, cheese, you know, products that are, uh, food products that are made from, um, you know, uh, the dairy cattle. Uh, but that isn't true at all because of the uh, of the huge issue with the contamination. It's basically going to affect everyone. So it doesn't matter if you eat beef or eat cheese or, or ice cream or any of those products, everyone's going to be affected. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the major issues um, with the uh, problem with glyphosate and uh, Roundup and and some of these uh, herbicides um, is that one of the really negative effects that it has on on uh, our health and well-being is that uh, that these products actually have a process where they chelate with nutrients. And uh, and specifically minerals, and uh, there was a uh, uh, there's a famous scientist who basically uh, who actually was uh, uh, was uh, uh, designated with uh, with the uh, title of being one of the uh, top uh, twenty scientists of all time, and that's uh, uh, Linus Pauling. And he had uh, he passed away back in 1994, but he did tremendous work in the area of uh, molecular uh, biochemistry and uh, uh, just a brilliant man. But he had um, basically made the uh, made the uh, uh, distinction that uh, that people that are deficient in minerals will 
become diseased. And one of the problems with the, uh, with the contamination with the glyphosate is that this chelation process that takes place with the chemical and the minerals that are in the soil. Um, I know back in 1999 there was a study done, um, I think it was 1999, but uh, there was a study done about the uh, mineral content of our soil as opposed to back uh, in 1940, I believe. And the results were astounding. I think that um, I think this was a UK study, and they found that it was up. Um, it uh, reached uh, figures of about 76 percent um, of mineral loss uh, in the soil that they tested. And so that was about a you know 50 plus year span. But um, I haven't been able to find any recent uh, mineral studies, and I'm sure that I will run across it. But if you can imagine that uh, this study found that upwards of 76% mineral loss in the soil just in in the time period from 1940 to 1999, that's extremely compelling. But uh, also uh, what would be interesting to find out is that time period from 99 until present because of the uh, great influx of uh, GE uh, crops in our country. Yeah, that's really alarming. I'd never heard of the, the chelation of minerals and uh, vitamins by by glyphosate before. That's uh, another hit against yeah. it. There's a... Yeah, it is, it is given the fact that uh, some of these minerals, like uh, I can just give you a few examples, uh, iron, uh, boron, uh, zinc, copper, magnesium. I think there was a study not too long ago that uh, found that uh, – Alzheimer's uh, disease had increased something like 9,000% in a time period from, uh, I believe, 1990 to present. And Alzheimer's has been linked to a deficiency in copper and magnesium. So, you know, there's all kinds of studies that are all very disturbing. Uh, Another mineral uh, uh, that is really, really deficient in the soil in America these days is zinc. And uh, the problem with that is zinc is very, very important in um, enzyme uh, action and production, uh, which, uh, which has a large effect on uh, metabolic processes in the body, basically all metabolic processes. Uh, you know, you need enzymes. And uh, when we're depleted of that, uh, you know, it, it plays a significant uh, role in the health of our immune system. I mean, we're getting to the point in this country that we continually put out dead food. And with dead food, we get absolutely no nutritional benefit and no benefit for boosting and creating an optimal immune system. So we're we're really at at some major crossroads here with with the health and uh, and this whole issue of of GE seeds and, uh, and crops. Wow, it's it's no kidding, Rick, that so many people are getting sick these days. We're going to take this break. You're listening to Food Integrity Now. We'll be right back. I'm Carol Gervais, and I'm a certified life coach and one of the hosts of the Food Integrity Now show right here on Castle Rock Radio. Have you ever dreamed of swimming with the wild and free dolphins? 
I'm not talking about the ones in captivity like the ones at Dolphin Quest. I'm talking about swimming with them in the wild. If this is something you've only dreamt about doing, I invite you to mark this off your bucket list now and join me for an all-inclusive trip to swim with the wild dolphins. Your trip to paradise will include organic gourmet meals, ocean waterfront accommodations, Lomi Lomi massage, and much more. What are you waiting for? Now is the time to make your dream a reality. For more information, go to wilddolphinswimadventures.com or contact me at carol at coachwithcarol.com or 719-687-7447. Once again, that's 719-687-7447. Mahalo. experiencing anxiety, anger, depression, or low self-esteem? Do you beat yourself up or sabotage what you truly want to achieve? Hi, this is Jeannie Smith, and at Open Heart Healing, I combine counseling, gestalt therapy, and Thai energy work to assist those who truly desire to bring quality and joy back into their lives. My office is located on South Perry Street here in Castle Rock. Call me for a free consultation at 303-660-6373. Again, that's 303-660-6373 or visit me at openhearthealing.com. Welcome back to Food Integrity Now. Rick Thomas is our guest today talking about GMO alfalfa. Before the break, you touched on on dead food, Rick, and that's uh, it's quite a fascinating topic for me. That um, people see food and they think it looks good, but they don't realize um, about nutrient density. We have uh, one of our friends, our farmer, uh, farmer Yule. He he comes on the show and talks about nutrient density. He runs Pachamama Organic Farm and makes some of the best tasting veggies I've ever tasted, and. Uh, he really concentrates on nutrient density and it's amazing how much of a difference it makes in whatever you bite into. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, let's just change the topic a little bit and just talk about GMO crops in general, not just GMO alfalfa. You consult a lot of people and you give lectures on nutrition and nutritional healing. Um, one of the things I find myself running into is is you often you'll talk to people in a restaurant you talk to your waitress about gmos and like they just they don't really know why they should care what are some of the the key highlights of uh negative aspects of gmos on on a person's health and and why they should care well that's a very very good question matt um i might uh, answer this question uh, uh, with this quote by uh, Jane Goodall. Um, she's a primatologist and our author, and uh, this hits the uh, nail right on the uh, head. It's um, she was quoted as saying, "The children of North America have now become the world's lab animals on whom to study the long-term effects of eating GM products." And uh, she. she uh, uh, like I said, she uh, uh, she hit it right where it drives home, and uh, 
And here's here's the deal with uh, GM GMOs and GE products. Um, I tell people all the time that um, uh, that when we eat a bad food, and you gave uh, you alluded to that, Matt. When we eat a bad food, I have never in my life have I ever seen a person drop dead from eating a bad food, uh, one bad food. And the thing that people have to understand in this country is that we don't develop disease, we don't develop cancer from eating one food. Um, It takes years of hits on our cells. It takes years of free radical damage to our cells. It takes years of damage to our DNA before the process of of disease generally starts. So the problem with the uh, GMOs and GEs right now are you get you're getting uh, advocates on on these biotech's behalf that are coming out and they're saying they're making statements where we have never had an adverse effect, we have never seen an adverse effect with GE products and uh, and they go on and on about this. Well, you know that uh, may be partially true. Um, I uh, have to do some more research, but I think it's going to take a few years before we really begin to see the the real significant adverse health effects that the GE foods are doing to us. And, you know, there's... uh, Matt and and your staff, there's just a a ton of research that is constantly going on that are showing the effects of of the, what these products and herbicides are doing to us. Uh, you know, there's there's beneficial soil organisms like uh, Pseudomonas and uh, Bacillus that are very very important uh, for the whole process of of our health. And these are uh, being uh, destroyed and uh, and eliminated. And you know the list goes on. But there's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of studies that are going on that uh, uh, currently uh, being conducted now. There's a teratogenic uh, effect that um, GMOs have been found to have a show uh, effects on uh, the development of the embryo and the fetus. And we all know, or anybody that's in the business, um, especially uh, researching toxins, et cetera, know about the uh, uh, what I consider to, to be one of the modern-day heroes, and it's uh, Arpad uh, Pustai. Uh, are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, he was a researcher, a real famous, uh, highly respected researcher at the uh, Rowett Institute in the U.K., and basically what happened is that the government um, awarded him and his staff a grant of about, uh, oh, it was like $1.6 million grant to study the safety of GM foods before they started exposing the citizens in the U.K. with GM foods. Mm-hmm. What the government didn't anticipate was that uh, uh, Pustai uh, was going to was basically going to find that uh, what he did was he researched potatoes, GE potatoes. And there's a gene from the uh, potatoes that uh, they took. It was from the snowdrop plant, and uh, it produces an insecticide called uh, lectin. And so what Pustai and his researchers did was they took six male rats, 
uh, in three different groups. Uh, one was they fed with a natural potato diet. The second group was a natural potato diet with lectin. That was just the lectin uh, that was added. And then they took uh, the, the other rat group that uh, just consumed GM potatoes. And the uh, astonishing findings were that the only the rats that consumed the GM potatoes had adverse effects to basically or every organ system in their body, and that included their brains, livers, testicles. They were all smaller. Their white blood cells they responded to challenges uh, uh, much more slowly. Uh, they had enlarged pancreas and intestines, and uh, it also created. Uh, proliferative uh, cell growth in the stomach and small intestine and large intestine. So his finding, his conclusion was that the damage uh, caused to these rats were specifically isolated to the genetic uh, modification of the potato. Well, what happened was when the government, the UK government, uh, got wind of this, uh, Pustai refused to recant on his conclusion, and he was ultimately fired from his position as a researcher there that he had held. He had been a researcher for about 35 years, and they also threatened him with a lawsuit um, if he uh, if he spoke. It was uh, uh, it was uh, you know just uh, one of those situations where he he was not allowed to discuss these findings with anyone. And eventually that gag order was lifted. And once that gag order was lifted and his information was uh, disseminated, disseminated uh, throughout the UK, um, ultimately what happened was the uh, uh, UK came out with a, uh, a mandatory uh, a labeling of food, something that the United States does not have currently. And uh, uh, with that, uh, you saw the huge decline in uh, sales of uh, GM products or GE products. That's what we need wow. here. Yeah, wow, that's... He's, if you ever do some research, it's uh, Arpad Pustai. Uh, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, he's a modern-day hero because he refused to cave in to uh, the pressure that he got from uh, the U.K. government. And, and once his, uh, his message was delivered and his findings, uh, he, uh, he got the uh, recognition that he should have gotten from, uh, from the very beginning. So, Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. We're... Unfortunately, we have to start wrapping it up. Um, I'd like to uh, have you announce your website to our to our listeners sure. so that they can check out more information about you. You bet. Uh, I've got two sites. Uh, one is an educational site for employees and uh, and uh, the American workforce, and it's called uh, uh, Employee healthresource.com so it's www.employeehealthresource.com and then uh, my own personal website uh, for holistic nutrition for you uh, is www.holisticnutrition the number four and the letter u.info great thank you rick thank you for being on the show and we would love to invite you back for some time in the future as this gmo issue continues to evolve you bet. It was my pleasure, and uh, thank you uh, very much for the opportunity. Thank you. And Carol has a, an announcement about an event going on in Superior this weekend re regarding GMOs. Carol, take yeah, it away. Yeah, this is 
exciting. There's a, a, a pretty large group of people getting together for uh, a GMO awareness campaign, and it's going to be on Sunday, February 27th. That's this Sunday from four, or excuse me, from two to four. And we're going to meet at the Superior Marketing Place, which is on 400 Marshall Road in Superior. So all you people that are in Denver and Boulder, come out and learn about GMOs, and we're going to pass out pamphlets, and it's just going to be an awareness campaign. Thanks, Carol. I also Carol. wanted to announce that next week on our show, we're going to have Francis Mangles. Francis is a former USDA scientist. And he's also a master gardener. And some of you may be familiar with his name. He was the scientist that was in the movie, What in the World Are They Spraying? And he's going to be talking about the mounds of scientific evidence that there is out there about chemtrails. So this will be a great show for anybody who is on the fence whether they believe in chemtrails or not. You know, Francis is a pretty matter-of-fact scientific guy, and he's got the data. So listen next week on Food Integrity Now at 2 o'clock. Thanks, Carol. To all our listeners, we will see you next week.